The holidays are here, and everyone is looking for a unique gift idea for that special someone. Hero Habit has you covered. Swing by HeroHabit.com today and start a subscription to one of our monthly trading card boxes. You pick your favorite teams, and we send you 20 to 25 cards every single month. No more sorting through hundreds of packs to pick up your favorite players and being stuck with tons of cards you don't want. We do the searching and sorting for you, plus we include autographs, relics, and short print cards too. We have boxes for baseball, football, and basketball available for $15 a month, and shipping is always free. Plus, if you're not into sports, we have music, TV, comic book, movie, and WWE mystery boxes, which have a guaranteed hit in every box. Whether you're looking for something for someone else, or you just want to treat yourself to a fun, affordable way to collect your heroes, Hero Habit boxes are the greatest idea. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to sign up. And use coupon code PODCAST to save 15% off your first month. That's HeroHabit.com, coupon code PODCAST to save 15% on your first month of boxes. Okay, let's get the show started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry. It is Friday. This is show number 25. We've finished five weeks of this podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're with me, that you guys are listening. Uh, The feedback I've been getting, love it. Today we are talking about a little song called This Boy by the Beatles. It was released November 29th, 1963. Uh, In the UK, it was the B-side to I Want to Hold Your Hand. If you're not familiar with this song, but you've seen the movie Hard Day's Night, Uh, An instrumental version of this song, which was subtitled Ringo's theme, was used for the scene where he kind of strays from the pack and goes walking through uh, the city being a sad sack. That is this song. It's a cool tune written by John. Uh, Nowadays, you can find it on the Past Masters release, which compiled all the singles that weren't put on albums. And uh, what makes it cool is John tried to be a Motown guy. And what's wrong with that? They were putting out the best music in the world. Um, And so he kind of achieves that in some ways. And you can tell that he is, uh, you know, that they played those songs when they were coming up and that they were listening to him and really were not just fans of Motown, but students of Motown. And um, let's let the police pass. Um, So... He tried to do it uh, in the style of Motown. He's got this three-part harmony that he would visit pretty often. Every couple of years, he would get it in his head that he wanted to do three-part harmony. We have this in 1963. In 65, he does Yes, It Is. In 69, he does Because. Um, He likes the Beatles singing three-part harmony. You'd be hard-pressed to find a band that had three singers whose voices blended so well while still being distinctly different. so they were lucky in that in that regards. So what makes it Motown? I'm just going to go straight to the guitar. What makes it a Motown kind of vibe is that he uses standard doo-wop changes for the verse. And you've heard this a million times. This was a staple in 50s music. If it wasn't a 12-bar blues, it was probably um, changes like this, where it's a one chord... To a six chord, which is minor, to a two chord, to a five chord. All right. So among musicians, if you said um, a, a one six two five, 
We know exactly what that means. And one thing that's cool about that, and you hear it in Paul's bass line, is it, it's, they're all close enough where you have this little movement. You know. So you've got that da-da-dum, dee-da-dum, da-ba-dum. So they all, you know, travel really nicely together. It's got a natural pull. They're all diatonic chords, so nothing's borrowed um, from other keys or anything. So it's very focused on the key that you're writing it in. This one happens to be in D. And it's in 12-8. So um, where when you're in a four time, like 4-4, four, 3-4, four, 2-4, four, four, you subdivide the beat into two. One and two and three and four. And in 6-8, you subdivide, or 12-8, any of the eights, you're subdividing into three. So every beat gets three beats. So it's like a triplet. Um, so the pulse, uh, even though there are 12 beats in the song, it, it pulses in four. So you're going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Or one, two, three, one, 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 two, three, four, five, six. Right? So you've got each, the pulse is subdivided into three. So this is where it gets a little bit different. Pulse and beat are not necessarily the same thing. So that gives it that 50s sound as well, where you've got that. That 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It's always a cool, cool groove. What makes this different, though, and gives it a distinctly Beatles um, edge is the bridge, which is also a, a, a phenomenal vocal delivery by John. And I can't sing this without going into full belt, and my neighbors probably don't want to hear that right now. But what he does is a thing called pan-diatonic uh, chord movement. And what that means is, so we've talked about in the past where you've got, um, my goodness, a lot of activity outside. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but the Police are just blazing down my street right now. Anyway, pan-diatonic. Um, so we've talked about before where, you know, borrowed chords and things like that, where this chord doesn't belong in this key. Okay? And that happens all the time. That's not unique to any particular band or anything. That happens constantly because otherwise you've only got seven chords to play with in one key. So you have to start borrowing and switching keys. No song ever stays in one key for very long, you know, it shifts and it goes, you know, and, and, and modulates to other keys constantly. What pan diatonic means though. So diatonic means from the scale. And so every major scale, we're in the key of D major. The one chord is going to be major two and three are minor four and five are major six is minor and seven is a diminished chord. That's always the case. That's just how it works out mathematically. Um, with whatever key you're in, it's major, minor, minor, major, major, minor, diminish. Always. Never fails. So in a diatonic chord progression, um, if I'm playing a two chord, I'm going to play it minor. If I'm playing a six chord, I'm going to play it minor. If I'm playing a four, it's going to be major. Always. All right. And what pan diatonic means is that the roots of the chords are within the diatonic scale. So the key of D has an F sharp and a C sharp. Okay. And so that would mean that your chords 
your scale notes are D, E, F sharp, G, A, B, C sharp. So uh, pan-diatonic means that the roots of those chords are centered on the scale, but they're not actually chords from that scale. For example, the bridge starts on four, which is a common thing. Uh, you hear that all the time, you know. Uh, where am I? Right, you hear that pull a lot going into a four chord. So the bridge starts on four. The next chord is a major three. Okay, so like I said, a three chord should normally be minor. But in this case, he uses uh, a three chord in the major tonality and adds a seventh on top of it as well. So that's fine. Sounds great. Then he goes to a regular six chord, minor. Then he goes to a one chord with a ninth on top. So that's uh, like this. Then a, um, where he goes, a major four chord. Then a major two with a nine on top and then a five, and then a five augmented. So even though we've got all these majors and minors that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, like I said, the three chord is supposed to be minor in the key of D, he is basing it off of the same F sharp, okay? And that's not probably intentional at all. I mean, he, he was not thinking, I'm going to write a pan-diatonic bridge for this. Um, but it is cool. So here's what we've got. For the bridge, you've got your. the pan-diatonic chord progression. If he was to write it diatonically, it would sound like this. So right there, you've got uh, um, Oh, and this boy would be happy. So already, you know, it, it pulls the energy right out of the song. So it's a beautiful chord progression. Uh, like I said, it's not intentional. People give the Beatles credit for all these amazing chord progressions and these very fancy classical terms that, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. And that's why they did it. It wasn't because they were um, uh, music theory savants. It's because they were uneducated on music theory and just put chords together that sounded cool. And when you are writing with the um, demand that they were, especially in the early days, putting out, you know, two full-length albums and a stack of singles every year. Uh, when you're writing at that pace, you're going to throw every chord at the wall to see what sticks. But in this case, uh, it happened to be a musical theory um, little thing, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, Easter egg kind of thing. And it sounds beautiful. And like I said, it allows John to deliver one of his best vocals of that era. I love the bridge to the song. The, the melody is beautiful. Um, there's very close harmonies. The, the band was fantastic at singing these kinds of things. But his vocal, when especially when he hits the, uh, but oh my, when he does that little crack and scoop back into the note, it's just 
perfect vocals. Anybody that thinks that John didn't have a great rock and roll voice just doesn't listen to the right songs or something. I don't know. And where he gets off thinking that he doesn't have a great voice is just a a level of insecurity that you can only find in musicians and comedians. So that's this boy. Um, Find it on Past Masters. Go on Spotify and check it out. Tomorrow, we're back to the kinks, and we are talking... I'm sorry, not tomorrow, but uh, Monday. We are talking about a tune that um, was actually... Somebody called in to our voicemail and uh, suggested we talk about it. So we're going to hear from him on Monday. And if you would like to be included in a future episode, even if it's about a song we've already talked about um, or a song we haven't talked about, either one, call in and tell me about your favorite or least favorite Beatles or Kinks songs, and I will include them in future episodes. You can do that at 925-494-1739, and you can email me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. And if you visit herohabit.com on Friday, today, uh, we have video, you know, YouTube clips of all the songs we talked about this week right next to the podcast episodes. And I've also got links to where you can subscribe, uh, email link and a phone number link so you can you don't have to remember that. Just visit herohabit.com. It'll be on the front page and um, do what you got to do. I'd love to hear from more of you. All right. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you all on Monday morning. podcast is presented by the hero habit podcast network swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news reviews and collectibles herohabit.com collect your heroes